Hello and welcome to the Community Vault, a podcast where we discuss unlocking financial equity and justice with Community Works. Community Works is a nonprofit community development financial institution located in Greenville, South Carolina, but we do work all across South Carolina. I'm your host, Virginia Wilson, the communications manager here at Community Works. And it makes a really big difference for us if you subscribe to our podcast and if you rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And we also would really appreciate it if you shared this podcast with your friends, Um, whether it's posting it on social media or sending it to a couple people you know who are interested in community economic development. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, and welcome to the Community Vault, where we discuss unlocking financial equity and justice with Community Works. I'm your host, Virginia Wilson, and today I am joined by our Community Works CEO, Tammy Hoy-Hawkins, and we're so excited that Deborah McKetty, the Senior Vice President for Community Impact at United Way, has joined us. Um, Deborah is near and dear to Community Works' heart. She used to be the CEO here, and so we're so glad that she's joined us. And today we're excited to talk to her about several things, including um, her role on the leadership team at REAM Greenville, which stands for Racial Equity and Economic Mobility Commission. Um, So, Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Tammy, thank you for being here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Glad to be here. Um, Deborah, so you are the former president and CEO of Community Works, obviously. Can you give us a summary of how Community Works came to be under your leadership and talk a little bit about your previous role here? Sure, and yeah, I just want to say it is such a delight to be, I feel like I'm coming back home. (laughs) (laughs) And I love seeing this team and the great work that continues to um, to evolve here and um, just, 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 just happy to be here. Yeah. Um, well, Community Works really started, uh, I guess, around 2005, six, uh, when we had discussions about affordable housing uh, challenges in Greenville, and um, there was a lot of interest in, you know, how do we create more affordable housing opportunities uh, in this community? Um, and I, I might add that at that time we had a different set of problems around affordable housing. Uh, very different from what we're seeing today. Uh, They were mostly centered around dilapidated uh, inhabitable housing in a lot of neighborhoods um, that were close to downtown, uh, lower to to moderate income neighborhoods where, you know, people were living in horrible conditions. We were concerned about how to make those neighborhoods better for the people that live there. Uh, And so it was a really comprehensive effort uh, a collaborative effort between the city, the county, United Way was actually uh, the lead. So I was hired as a consultant by United Way to really lead the effort of um, what became the Greenville Housing Fund. I, I like to call it 1.0. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is not the first time we've tried to create a, a housing fund. As you know, we have one now uh, that's really trying to tackle the challenges uh, of affordable housing as a result of the impact of gentrification. Uh, But then we were really trying to make neighborhoods better for the people who live there. Um, And we were also focused on building capacity, affordable housing development. Because at that time, we didn't have a lot of nonprofit housing developers. Uh, We didn't have um, any funding beyond what we were getting from federal sources like HUD. Uh, And so as part of that um, effort or the, uh, the contract or the work I was doing for United Way, 
my goal was to really look at how we take we took the affordable housing uh, work uh, that was happening then to the next level mm -hmm. uh, so it really started this collaborative partnership with all the parties I mentioned before uh, we really started talking about and looking around um, you know the state as well as the country at other efforts and best practices and that's where I first met Tammy. Uh, it comes full circle. Yeah. It really does. Wow. <laughs> yeah Tammy had just led the effort of uh, the formation of the Low Country Housing Trust then and so we wanted to learn everything we could. I remember inviting Tammy up to uh, some of our first few board meetings mm -hmm. uh, and, and we decided to launch um, the Greenville Housing Fund at that time. So in 2008 we opened our doors um, we were set and ready to go. United Way was a huge investor, actually a half million dollar investment to really see the start of uh, the Greenville Housing Fund at that time. And we had a number of other uh, funding partners like Hollingsworth, uh, Minor Shaw and Ed Good were taking the lead and raising uh, a lot of capital to really help us get started. So we were well funded. And so I was able to uh, through my background in affordable housing, whatever, to really hit the ground running uh, immediately with establishing a revolving loan fund, which we knew uh, could provide uh, gap funding for developers to really encourage them to develop more for affordable housing. Uh, we had a first-time homebuyer program. That was one of the first initial offerings that, that we offered, really helping first-time homebuyers with down payment assistance. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a tenant rental assistance program that we launched. Uh, and then we also had a capacity building initiative uh, where we invested in several nonprofit uh, partners at, at the time, the Homes of Hope that was kind of renovating trailers, I think, at the time, which is how they got their start. Uh, but we knew how critical having nonprofit affordable housing development capacity in our community was. So we really invested in uh, them going and getting as much training and certification as they could uh, to really build their capacity to do more. Um, had no idea uh, what was around the corner. The big recession hit in 2009 mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know, we couldn't really talk about affordable housing. Everybody was, you know, it was just a tailspin. It was a really critical time and and so this, this board of directors, I remember that was our first uh, strategic planning uh, effort uh, to really think, oh my God, what are we, what are we gonna do? The sky's falling, where do we go from here? Uh, and we really did, I remember it was at Furman University at the Yonts uh, Conference Center, uh, really did some really deep thinking, soul searching about, um, you know, where do we take this organization? Where are the opportunities? Uh, we can't stop now because we've created so much momentum in the community. Um, and so I, I think where we came out of that, um, we, we had learned, because I think the Housing Trust Fund had looked at becoming a CDFI, uh, community Development Financial mm -hmm. Institution, um, and you know that seemed like a real viable option for us in terms of uh, you know changing our business model from a trust fund to an actual CDFI because we because we had the revolving loan fund uh, we were um, eligible to become that and we became certified. Uh, the other thing we realized that to become a successful CDFI we had to focus beyond Greenville County, mm -hmm. um, and so we expanded you know our reach across the region upstate region uh, which is a real interesting process uh, we had a lot of um, you know focus groups in Anderson and Spartanburg and all around uh, trying to get input from folks about what what were some of the challenges they were seeing on the ground mm -hmm. how could the CDFI best support their work 
uh, it was really some, some really interesting uh, input that we, we gathered from and found that we had a lot of common challenges uh, mm -hmm. across, even though we all think we're different, uh, and we are, we have our unique um, um, uh, attributes for, for each city, but we had a lot of the same common challenges. And so, uh, but one of the first things we learned in that experience was uh, calling ourselves Greenville Housing Fund in Anderson and Spartanburg was not going to resonate right. well. So. <laughs> So then we went through a huge uh, rebranding effort, uh, got a lot of feedback from uh, multiple focus group participants. Um, we had actually had hired some, a marketing company to help us do that. And Community Works was the name that we all uh, agreed upon that okay. everybody felt really made sense, yeah. that resonates well with kind of the mission and the community building work that uh, Community Works does. So. Uh, it was just a name that everybody embraced and it stuck and we loved it and I mean the branding is it still feels fresh even <laughs> uh, that, that we did there. Yeah. Um, so we looked at expanding not only um, the affordable housing lending that we were doing but um, you know I, I we had a great board at the time and they were really willing mm -hmm. to allow us to experiment with a lot of things and so my favorite approach to that was Oh, let's just do a pilot and see how this works. So, <laughs> so we were, you know, still very working very closely with the United Way. They asked us to uh, manage their uh, IDA individual development account program, um, and I, I tell people that was, and that's a little unusual for uh, CDFIs to do that level of direct services. But I tell people that experience probably we gained more insight. Uh, it was probably the best market study we probably could have ever done to gain the insight into what real credit needs were mm -hmm. for real working people in especially low-income communities and people experiencing poverty. Uh, and so we tried to do as much as we could to respond to some of those needs that we met. Um, you know, through the IDA program, we learned by trying to help entrepreneurs save to invest in their businesses that there was this huge gap in the community mm -hmm. that nobody was really serving those smaller entrepreneurs and really providing capital for them. Certainly banks weren't in that space. Uh, we had very few nonprofits or anybody doing that work. Uh, and so I convinced the board, I said, look, if we ever had a small fund that would allow us to capitalize some of these small businesses better than what we're doing with the IDA match savings account. Mm -hmm. You know, we we'd love to do that, and so fortunately, we got a at BB BBNT at the time gave us a hundred thousand dollar grant, and so we experimented, we piloted, and um, you know, based on the success of that, it became uh, a part of the business line of lending that we offered. Uh, so all of a sudden, we were doing small business lending and affordable housing lending. And it's um, interesting, Deborah, on that was you know in terms of that evolution of, of from Greenville Housing Fund to Community Works is. And still today, you know, our focus on asset and wealth building, mm -hmm. in particular for people in communities of color, mm -hmm. that's still core value of mm -hmm. who we are at Community Works that really you founded and started with your founding board. And, and ironically, coming full circle with United Way and the city and the county here, you know, when we think about that and the work that you're doing now with United Way mm -hmm. and kind of having this conversation about race, equity, and inclusion, um, talk a little bit about, like, the hat that you're wearing now and, and like things that you've learned along the way and you're native of Greenville and so you've sure. seen the transformation of the community and, and why is why is it so important right now this conversation around race equity and economic mobility and, and what you guys are doing at United Way as you think about you know the whole purpose we founded Community Works and now where we are today mm -hmm. you know 12 years later 
Yeah, sure. Uh, it, you know, as Tammy said, I'm a native of Greenville. I actually grew up in Nickeltown, which is you yeah. know, less than a mile away from here. And, uh, you know, have deep roots, you know, fifth generation uh, Greenvillian in my family. Uh, has, has invested heavily in this community and we're a part of this community and we love this community. Uh, and, you know, as a young African-American female, I just remember after college saying, this is not a place where I feel like I can come and prosper and uh, thrive. Um, so I went out to Houston, Texas and uh, really spent uh, a good part of my early career there and, and some time in Atlanta, still not really feeling like Greenville was a place for young African-Americans to really build careers mm -hmm. and, and prosper. Um, fortunately, I've seen a lot of changes over the years. Um, Greenville does have a racial, unfortunately, a, a racial history um, yeah. that, you know, I think some of us are trying to change um, um, the way we uh, approach, um, you know, this work and, and, and race. It's a very difficult, <laughs> conversation for a lot of folks who are uncomfortable um, acknowledging our kind of racial history mm -hmm. um, I just remember as a as a young um, you know kid growing here being bused um, to so many different schools um, I think in middle school I went to three different schools wow. uh, and I think the brunt of desegregation here was certainly on on, on the black community especially um, so we, we saw a lot of those disparities growing up. Um, I just never thought that this would be a place where I would eventually come back to yeah. and live. So I'm happy to see some of the changes that have occurred. I'm happy to see a lot more diversity. Um, but I still think we have a lot of challenges. And, you know, the one, one thing I think is important um, before you can really move forward with progress is you've got to kind of acknowledge you got to acknowledge your past. And it's okay. Uh, it's not a blame game. It's not about, you know, because a lot of folks who are living now weren't even part of that history. But the fact that um, some, so much of the impact of some of those systems that were created um, have and continue to impact uh, and, and um, the disparities that we're seeing that we continue to see along race uh, is very um, disheartening. Um, one of the things we did at United Way uh, in my role as the Chief Impact Officer there um, as we were looking at our investments in organizations who do great work in this community, um, we really started looking at our theory of change and really how we wanted to invest. And so I led the effort around uh, reimagining community impact for United Way. And we really, it was time for us to really go back and look at our community. What's changed in, in the last time we did a community needs assessment over 10 years ago? Uh, and we pulled and looked at a lot of data, uh, we commissioned the Racial Equity Index Study, mm -hmm. which was a very focused um, racial disparity uh, kind of data report that just was kind of in your face. This is this is the real Greenville. This is not all the yeah that Greenville yes. was great. <laughs> this is you know this is what people are living every day, and this is how we look inside. Uh, and so it's it it was uh, really eye opening for a lot of folks. We even had folks who challenged and said, no, that, that can't be us. How, are you sure? Where did this data come from? Some other community, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, so, um, and so using that information, as well as a number of community conversations that we had mm -hmm. uh, with people living in poverty, and that was a little bit of a different approach for us, too, because in the past, we fund such a wide network of 
funded partners right now, 67 organizations who are doing great work in this community, but we've kind of all in the past relied on them to share with us what their clients were going through. Um, so through our community conversation process, we actually uh, talk to people directly. We talk with folks who are experiencing poverty. And boy, some of the things that we heard, um, again, became challenging for us, uh, challenging for us as a community. Um, one of the number one things that we heard was just access to opportunity. Mm. Uh, a lot of folks really felt disconnected. Uh, they were like, okay, well, we're he we hear that there are all these great resources in Greenville and we've got all these great nonprofits, but we don't feel like we have access to those. Mm. We can't connect the dots. We don't see the pathways. Uh, and, you know, through those conversations, which is really, you know, we use the Harwood model, which is more of an aspirational approach and, um, you know, asset-based approach. Uh, to conversations and and these families have the same aspirations. They have the same that they they have the same dreams and goals for their families that everybody else has. Uh, and uh, and a lot most of them were working people, working adults who were just struggling uh, to make ends meet uh, and just felt like there's just a huge maze. You know, if I have one need for real assistance, I've got to go to five different agencies. We have five different requirements. And, you know, so it really has, has encouraged us to really start thinking about access, service delivery, collaboration. How can we make it easier for people um, to, to be able to access the resources that they need to be successful uh, in their lives? So that has been the work. Um, mm -hmm. That REI study, though, was so compelling for many of us mm -hmm. uh, to really start digging deeper into these racial disparities. Why is um, why are African-Americans making 65% of what uh, white households are making uh, in Greenville County? Uh, we need to understand <laughs> the why behind some of, some of the data that we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely, Deborah. And you talked about this. You said sort of the systems, right? Yeah. And, you know, historical, systemic, and institutional really racism in many cases that brought us here over hundreds of years, right? I mean, and to your point, Leaning in and learning and, and understanding mm -hmm. lived experiences from all walks of life is mm -hmm. super important. And I know, so I've been fortunate to be a part of the REAM Commission in a, mm -hmm. in a subcommittee, uh, the Income and Wealth Committee, mm -hmm. which we are focused on a lot with entrepreneurship, black business ownership, and really looking at wealth and asset building through a variety of ways, mm -hmm. housing, as you mentioned earlier. Um, what else is the Ream Commission working on? Tell us a little bit about the commission, what sure. it's made up of, and maybe some of the other groups that we're not as familiar with, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, during last summer, which, <laughs> you know, we all, I think that will go down in the history books, uh, not only were we wrestling with COVID, but mm -hmm, yeah. uh, a lot of racial tension across the country, a lot of anxiety. And I think locally, our CEO, Megan Bark and Carlos Phillips and uh, Sean Dogan, who at the time was uh, with the uh, Urban League, uh, really kind of came together and said, look, wow, you know, what, you know, we're hearing about things on the national news, but, you know, what about our community? You know, what, what do we, where are those conversations around race? You know, we really, we've got our share of problems that we, as we've identified through the REI study. And so um, they actually came together and did an editorial and kind of recommended, you know, the formation of a commission to really look at mm -hmm. race issues here in Greenville County. And I think they were hoping that somebody would take the idea and run with it, but uh, <laughs> I think people turned to them as three uh, key leaders in our community to say, hey, um, why don't you guys get this going? Why don't you get it started? 
And so, of course, uh, United Way, including me and part of my team, uh, really helped kind of backbone the start of the Ream Commission. And we really started with um, actually looking at key leaders across the community. So we've assembled about 35 key leaders in, uh, you know, all over the community, uh, very uh, different stakeholders from the school district to hospital systems mm -hmm. to, um, you know, business owners. Um, so it, it was um, each, each commissioner was, was kind of hand-selected for the expertise that they, they have. Um, the other goal, I think, of the commission was not to only better understand what the data is and what it's telling us, uh, but to really come out of this experience with some substantive recommendations of how we can improve and, and do better uh, as a community. Uh, everybody was also committed to the idea that we didn't want to just go through this process come up with the recommendations for them to sit on the shelf. We really want to get them operationalized. We want to get them uh, through collaborative partnerships, you know, out into the community and get folks working on some of this stuff. Uh, and so we kind of started, again, one of the most challenging times to actually bring people together, uh, you know, especially meeting face-to-face. -face. And um, it was a challenge during COVID to do that. But fortunately, we had the convention center where we could actually spread people out. Uh, but we felt like this, the, as you know, the sensitivity of this topic and the tension that can cause and the real, very real conversations that needed to happen really need to be face-to-face. -face. Uh, and so we kicked um, our first meeting off, I think, last August, of, of, and we kind of focused on kind of um, racial equity training through the Race um, uh, Equity Institute, REI, in uh, Durham. We also did, took a, a look at our historical uh, kind of timeline around race, which Russell Stahl and Chandra Diller did. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just really, it was a timeline of several events in this community, including uh, lynchings and mm -hmm. uh, some desegregation and some events that have really, again, been well documented about our racial history here in, in, uh, in, in Greenville. And then we also shared the data of REI. So that was kind of the kickoff. Uh, it was an eye-opening experience. It was a way to kind of bring all the commissioners together. Uh, and then we also selected um, really five focus areas mm -hmm. or committees that we wanted to get the work done through. So, Tammy, you mentioned you're working on the income and wealth. Yep. We know disproportionately, uh, you know, there's so many disparities in income and wealth, um, racial disparities. Uh, so that was a really big, important topic, and we had a lot of indicators uh, of work that we um, wanted to try to build some recommendations around. The other was health and wellness. Uh, we knew that there were, again, a lot of disparities um, you know, in, in health care for people of color, so that, that was um, also a priority. Criminal justice reform. Um, yeah, I don't have to say a whole lot there. There's um, a disproportionate uh, number of uh, people of color uh, being impacted by the uh, justice system. Uh, and so that committee has been really uh, busy doing the work that they uh, are doing. And then, of course, education. Huge disparities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, black children continue to lag behind mm -hmm. uh, in K, especially K-12. Uh, and there are a lot of um, <sighs> discouraging statistics um, that, that we need to take a closer look at and better understand, uh, you know, why these students are are having so many challenges and why our systems aren't uh, being able to, 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 to really help um, improve, um, you know, what we see our students experiencing. Um, and then another uh, committee that 
is doing work that we feel is a, as an ongoing need for this community uh, to increase understanding of what we mean by equity, racial equity, and um, you know, dis racial disparities and implicit bias and all these things. Um, uh, we have a community-wide learning committee uh, that is committed to really creating and institutionalizing racial equity training in this community. Um, this is such a personal journey for so many people. It's an individual journey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people are pretty far along on the journey. Some people are just starting. Some people are resistant. <laughs> uh, we know um, a, a lot of folks. There's a critical race theory, for example, is mm -hmm. a hot topic right now. Uh, and you know, people need to have a deeper understanding of well, what do we really mean by that. Uh, it's become a really polarizing. Um, conversation right now so and, and also creating an atmosphere and environment for these conversations to happen uh, for people to really you know be able to comfortably say hey I really don't understand this or you know I need to better understand you know why is this this way um, and so we're just excited. Uh, the committees have been busy at work. I know, Tammy, you've been part of one. I mean, this has been <laughs> incredible work being done by people who really care in our community. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're just starting to see, um, you know, the fruits of that labor uh, in the form of some of the uh, early recommendations that are coming out of the committee. And it's so exciting to see um, all the thoughtfulness uh, the time, the intensity, actually, uh, yeah. of some of these recommendations that we are really looking forward to sharing with the community. Uh, we are also thinking about sustainability. Um, the work of this original commission was through the end of this year. Uh, so sustainability was really, really important to us. And we wanted to make sure that, again, these recommenda recommendations just didn't sit on a shelf. So uh, we are looking at uh, RING uh, beyond this, uh, this December once we share that report to the community. Uh, and um, I just kind of envision it will be uh, an ongoing effort to uh, not only connect through partnerships, this work and these recommendations and, you know, for example, community works. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the work around income wealth, around trying to increase uh, black business ownership and support, creating jobs through those entities. Uh, to employ more African Americans, you guys are already doing that work. So, you know, there are probably recommendations that you all can just, you know, continue to run with and continue to make an impact uh, and 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 hopefully, you know, help us change and turn around some of some of the current data that we have that mm -hmm. is um, we can do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deborah, I was going to say, you know, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of key stakeholders and partners at the table and have been at the table, and obviously, Commute Works looks forward to accelerating and doing more in this space and and I know as you know things have been like you said very internal in terms of just kind of understanding these strategies understanding the key stakeholders and partners and but there is some movement now about mm -hmm. being more external and kind mm -hmm. of getting more like broader community awareness like you said the ongoing learning which is so important and so we know that there's something coming up this weekend mm -hmm. actually October uh, the beginning of October that is really more external so maybe just share this a little bit um, about like this upcoming kind of event and what you guys hope to achieve and then maybe in closing share with us a little bit about like what you hope for Greenville that comes mm -hmm. from this and sort of the future of Greenville. Yeah so again we've really had our heads down Tammy as you know just working hard you know looking at data looking at best practices um, you know, better understanding from people, real people who are impacted, who are living 
um, some of these experiences um, and really kind of bringing all that together and all that, which is a very broad agenda. And, you know, a lot of folks are asking us, well, why just the black community? Um, and I, I think it's because, and the commission decided, look, we can't be all things and solve all problems right now, but if we can get some of these historical, generational, racial disparities uh, right, <laughs> then that's gonna benefit so many more uh, you know, groups in our community who are also experiencing um, some of these disparities. Uh, and so um, I think the, you know, we're kind of lifting up now that a lot of the intensity of this work is, is getting better and, and knowing now that we've got to really start bringing the community, um, you know, closer into the work. Uh, we really certainly all along have been giving their input, of course, uh, but this is really the first time that we've kind of gone public, I guess, uh, where we've really invited the community uh, to come in and hear more about what the work that we've been doing. Um, so we got a, a huge event coming up this um, Sunday in partnership with the Greenwood Drive, uh, who has also been a great partner in this work, Craig Brown and his team, uh, who are really very committed to, to you know, uh, racial equity um, issues, and, and, um, and we just really appreciate their support in this effort. But we are bringing in a speaker, Dr. Sarah Lewis, uh, who is a Harvard professor, uh, working in the visual arts area, but also around racial equity. And she has a, I understand, a very unique talent of, 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 of talking about racial equity uh, through the lens of kind of, and, and through the lens of art. And I'm really not sure how she, do, she does that, so I can't wait to go and hear. But we're gonna have, this gonna be a family fun event uh, at the drive, uh, really kind of, we're gonna be there from 1.30 to about six. Uh, she will be the keynote speaker, but we're also going to have a lot of fun activities for families. We're going to have about 25 vendors, uh, black-owned businesses, uh, that will be showcased there. So that is so cool, Tammy. I yeah. don't know you guys may have. Um, we're several folks yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. We're planning to be there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we'll have uh, activities for kids, and that will also be an opportunity for uh, the Green leadership uh, to kind of do a panel and uh, kind of share uh, more in depth about the work that we've been doing. Um, and so we're just excited uh, about this opportunity to, mm -hmm. to really share with the community all the work that's been going on over the past year or so and, um, and hopefully get them engaged um, in, in being part of the work. Because uh, it's going to take this whole community working together mm -hmm. uh, to, 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 to get this done. And so my hopes for this work, um, you know, I, it's, it's a long journey is, is, is the one thing I've encouraged people to, to acknowledge. And mm -hmm. these changes aren't going to happen overnight. You can't change culture or attitudes um, uh, overnight. Um, but for me, if we could ever get to the point of, I think, acknowledging, I think for me, it's been deeply disturbing to hear us talk about how great Greenville is and yeah, that Greenville and people come here from all over the place and experience uh, all the great things we have to offer and all the prosperity that's occurring here. Uh, but knowing that so many of the neighbors and people that I grew up with are not enjoying that prosperity and, and wondering if we care about them, uh, wondering if we're doing enough to try to lift them up, um, and just acknowledging that some of the things that are practices that have 
occurred in this community are the reason why people have not prospered. Mm -hmm. And just saying, okay, it's okay to say, we apologize. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that uh, we're doing as part of this work, you remember um, Rich Rothstein yes. coming to town last week. So Furman students are working on a project uh, where they are actually documenting through deed restrictions uh, and covenants uh, through a lot of subdivisions that were created over the years, even inside the city limits of Greenville, where there was actual language that prohibited people from selling houses to Af African Americans. Mm -hmm. So that means there were neighborhoods, we couldn't just go buy, buy houses in neighborhoods. Uh, there were only designated places that we could live, which were places generally of poverty. Uh, and so I'm so excited about this project because first of all, it is undeniable, it's factual, it's not how somebody feels or what they think or you know your opinion versus mine it's in black and white and it's so surprising to see the language there that prohibited people my family uh, from being able to enjoy and live anywhere in this community that happened here like it did in so many places across the country so I think acknowledgement to me is a first step in in really being able to to make progress and so I'm just hoping that you know, people will embrace uh, the learning that we've all shared on this journey, uh, embrace the fact that we've got some work to do if we really want to be a world-class city, which for me, that is my dream for the, my, my hometown, uh, to not just be a great place for tourists to come to enjoy downtown, but just a great place for families to grow up, for my kids, who I've encouraged to go visit and live in other places, because I'm not really sure if we're this is the best place for you to come back to, to enjoy and prosper because I don't know if the opportunities are here. Yeah, well thank you, Deborah. I love, I love what you said about starting with acknowledgement and I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast will be encouraged to do that in their own lives. And one way to do that would be coming to the event on Sunday That's and right being part of this conversation that I'm so proud that Greenville is having yeah. because of United Way, because of Green, because of community work. So um, so we really appreciate you being here today. I would also tell our, our listeners that United Way's 2021 campaign is happening. Um, yes. Uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. uh, we are just so excited. We invest in community works and, and mm -hmm. 66 other great organizations who are doing wonderful work in the community. Uh, we could not do this without donor support and folks um, who give generously uh, through United Way for us to be able to, um, you know, try to hopefully achieve greater economic mobility for people throughout our community. So there are a number of ways that you can donate. Please visit our website. Um, give me a call if you need to. <laughs> You're just dying to, to donate money. But um, just know that uh, your donations are really going to support uh, great work, important work like the REAM work, like the work we're doing at Community Works uh, to, to, to make this a better community for all. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here without United Way and without you. So thank you for, for being here today, and we really appreciate you. Great. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>